this week we're going to really actually focus in on, on Jesus being the God who heals. And uh, I'm going to share some really, really practical tools as to how we can uh, pray for healing for others. Uh, so people who are unwell, injured, uh, whatever it might be. Um, so we want to really equip you in the practical to do that. Uh, as Brett has just uh, done for his wife, uh, there is a basket here with blankets in it. So if you're ever chilly, it's always the reality that uh, in a room this size, you're going to have the person who likes it hot and the person who likes it cold. And uh, But you're welcome to come and help yourself. Make yourself all cozy and warm um, with some blankets. And uh, I'll just say it as well. Uh, you'll notice above the tithing box, there's a thing that says connect with us. And there's a QR code. Uh, this is for an online version of our Connect cards. So again, if you're wanting to not have to use a pen and fill out paper for someone that's new, you can just scan that, like you pull out your iPhone, hold up with the photo on your camera, you don't need a special app, and then you can click on that link and it just takes you to our website. Uh, it is not, I understand that for some people, the sight of a QR code might be traumatizing in some way. So I also do acknowledge that it's pretty poor timing uh, to bring that out, but it is not that. Uh, we will not track you. Uh, we will not. Uh, there's none of those sorts of things. This is we'll, this is to connect with you. Uh, only non-malicious intent there, but uh, you can do that. And we also have, uh, if you have questions during the sermon time, um, I will endeavour either at the end of the sermon to answer those questions or sometime during the week. So uh, we I posted a little video, but you can click there. Paradox.church forward slash sermon. So last week we talked about, I guess, the bigger picture of of God being a God of miracles, that Jesus performed many, many miracles, countless miracles, uh, the Bible talks about. Uh, and, and really, God was uh, exposing, revealing the reality of his kingdom, which is a spiritual kingdom, um, coming in and crashing into earth. And all of the good intent of the heart of the Father for people, for humanity. And uh, so we, we covered all of that. If you missed it, jump online and, uh, and review that. Probably not now, but uh, maybe some other time. Um, and so, again, as part of that miraculous uh, lifestyle that Jesus lived and a miraculous lifestyle that he called us to live, uh, healing is, is a big part of that. So Jesus healed many people and, uh, and we want to follow in his footsteps. As his disciples, we are encouraged to do that. Um, I think uh, even, again, a question that came in during the sermon last week, and, and this is something where, where healing and miracles it is this kind of otherworldly reality, like literally the kingdom as, as another realm coming into earth. And it can feel like it's, it's you know, such a huge deal. And, and uh, you know, I'm, is God expecting me to, to do all these miraculous things? And maybe you've tried and you've prayed one time and it didn't turn out well. And there's all of those questions that come up. And it really can challenge our, our faith. It can challenge our belief. Uh, and I want to really encourage you to, as I said last week, just to live in the discomfort of, uh, of the revealing of your own unbelief. Um, the, the repentance journey with God is an ongoing journey. We don't repent once, um, but even when Jesus was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, he would often say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So to repent means to change your mind, to change the, the way that you think about something. He says you need to start thinking differently about the world, about life, about God, because there's this new reality that's available to you. But unless you change even the way you think, you won't be able to engage with that reality. 
So repent, for the kingdom of heaven is right at hand. And the the reality is it's the same for us today. That call to repent, and you might say, I've been a Christian for 30 years, I've still got to repent. Well, yeah, because there's still probably somewhere in your heart some unbelief about who God is, about how wonderful he is, about how faithful he is, about how loving he is, whatever it might be, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. When our unbelief gets exposed, there's nothing to be ashamed of. The disciples even said to Jesus, they're like, Jesus, we believe, help our unbelief. So there is so much in our hearts that we're just like, we are so for you, God, and you're so amazing, and we love you. But we also acknowledge, oh, there's some parts in us that don't quite fully agree yet. But Jesus was okay with his disciples being honest with him. He's okay with you being honest with him. He'd rather you not fake it uh, because he sees right through all of our fakery. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the reality. He just sees through it. So, it's, you know, it's, it's like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden from God, you know, and he played the game, oh, where are you? You know, which is like, I tell the story, it's like when my kids were little playing hide and seek and uh, I have this picture in my mind. I think I took a photo of the time with Noah and his, the top, maybe from his chest up, was hidden under a beanbag and the whole entire rest of his body was sticking out. And he's just like, I can't see you, you can't see me. Uh, but God sees, he sees it all. And he's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of your unbelief, but he wants to take your unbelief and convert it into belief. So when we come to things like the miraculous realm, when it comes to things like healing, we say, I'm not, I'm not sure I even believe that you would use me or that you could do that. But then, then our posture would be, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to shift from not believing to come into believing. Or maybe we think, well, God, I know you can do it, but I'm not sure you will do it or you desire to do it. We can, we can wrestle through all of those things. But what I would hate for us is to, is to uh, put a lower level of expectation upon what God can and will do than what he is willing to do and able to do. We want to match uh, that. So when it comes to healing, healing is God's idea. It is by God's power. It's because of his authority, but it requires our willingness. So the reality is we all play a very small part in the whole process. It's Jesus who heals. We're just willing to present that reality to someone. Our role is to be willing to be a vessel for God to use in that situation. Because Jesus, he is, he is wanting to heal people. He's wanting to see people set free. He's wanting to see demons cast out. He's, he's desiring all of those things. But what he, and, and again, God does work providentially. God works outside of human intervention. But what he loves is to use his family to bring his kingdom. He just loves that. He's like, no, I want you guys to join in on the fun. I could do it all myself, but I want you to join in on the fun of seeing people healed and restored, of seeing my glory fill the earth. Like he wants, he wants you to be part of that. He doesn't want to have his, well, his children sit over there, okay, dad's going to go to work and do some awesome things. He's like, no, come with me. Come and see what I'm doing. Come and participate. So again, our role is willingness. And even in the willingness, it can expose, God, I'm, I'm scared of what someone might think. I'm afraid I might be embarrassed. What if it doesn't work? All of those things can be questions. But wherever we have a question, whether we're lacking in faith, it actually doesn't change God's requirement for us to obey. God says it. Whether or not you believe it, the requirement is still there. 
So we can't say, well, if God calls me to obey something, I'll decide whether or not I want to obey it. Um, That's not a God-person relationship. That's two gods trying to coexist. (laughs) That's God being God and me also being God. Uh, And again, that just doesn't really work. Um, That God God doesn't enjoy those sorts of codependent relationships. Um, (laughs) He's not a codependent God. He's God and we are his children and he invites us into that space, but we actually don't have a a, a choice as to whether or not we obey. We do, but we don't. We can choose to rebel, I guess, but uh, but God's desire is that we would participate and partner with him in that. Amen? All right. So now we're getting super practical. And this, all of this content is from, um, so a guy called Randy Clark. Uh, I don't know if anyone heard of Randy Clark? Yep. So uh, he has probably still does run like healing and um, schools and all of that sort of stuff. So he's been through Perth a number of times. Uh, when he was in Perth one time running a school that I went to, I actually went to the his healing school twice just because... I had recently got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I was just wanting to consume every possible thing that I could. Um, but they had some cards. On one side of the card is, is prayer for healing. The other side of the card is prayer for deliverance. So we've got uh, versions of that that we're going to um, kind of formulate and print off and give to you so you can have that resource. Uh, but that hasn't happened just yet, but it will. Um, but I'm just using uh, the content from, uh, from those cards to share what I'm sharing with you today. Now again, super practical, hopefully super easy, and might take off some of the, um, uh, the weight for you, but also will help you. I think the primacy of praying for people and going after healing is that we love. Like that's what we're wanting to do is because we love God and because we love people. And if I love someone, man, I want to see them healed. If I love someone, I want to see them set free. If I love someone, I want, to, I want them to meet Jesus. Like, and that could be a complete stranger. And that's why we're, we're constantly leaning, God, just fill our hearts with love for people that we would reach out to, to those around us. All right, so I'm just gonna, we're just going to slowly work through uh, some of these slides. All right, so the first step when it comes to praying for healing for another person. So again, this could be someone that you know, could be a complete stranger that you meet on the street or at the shopping center. You see someone on crutches, and the, the first thing you might do is obviously introduce yourself. Um, I've, I've, I've done it before, and a really encouraging thing, you could, you could, if you see someone walking on crutches on the street, and you just go up to them and say, hey, how you going? My name's Brad. Um, hey, listen, I'm just practicing um, praying for healing for people. And uh, so I'm just, I'm just practicing. This is a new skill that I'm trying to learn um, is, to, is to pray for healing for people. Would you mind me praying for healing for you? So again, you're already saying, hey, I'm not an expert in this, but I, love, but I just wonder, I, I reckon, I, I just believe that God would want to heal your busted leg or whatever, okay? So we start in that place. And uh, so it can be completely with no interaction with that person beforehand. But the first thing we want to do then is to interview the person. So again, ask them what their name is. This could be on a Sunday gathering. You might not know the person. Hey, hey, what's your name? And you might ask, how can I pray for you? So again, in, in what we're going to do this morning, we're going to pray for people who need healing, physical healing in their bodies this morning. So the first question you would ask, 
what's your name? How can I pray for you? So they might say, oh, yeah, I've got a... They might have a, an injury that's not clearly presenting in the physical. So, yeah, I've got a really bad back. doesn't mean that they're wrapped up in a cast, um, but they've got a particular area of pain. You might ask them a question, how long have you had this condition for? It could be, oh, and I just was lifting something heavy last week and I twinged it, or it could be, I've had this condition for, uh, you know, for the last five years. Uh, Another question you would ask is, do you know the cause? So again, yes, I was lifting something heavy. No, I've had it since I was 15 years old. Uh, another question you might ask is, why do you think you have this issue? You're wanting to find out, maybe they might have some understanding or insight as to what's behind uh, the cause of the condition that they're facing. So again, this is just basic kind of gathering of information so that we know how we can pray appropriately for the person that we're praying for. Okay, if we just go in straight away and we're just praying a general healing, I think God wants to target specific things as Jesus did. People had specific ailments and Jesus went after those specific things in praying for them. Amen? It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. I'm just going to grab my uh, computer, sorry. What was that? Yeah, no, I've already fixed the, uh, the pulpit today. So um, I, I can't blame anyone because I built it. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all on me. All right, so the, the purpose of this is to, again, try and find maybe where the root cause is of this issue. Um, so it could be just a, from a sickness. It could be from an injury. Um, also, sometimes there can be spiritual roots as to why someone has physical pain in their body, okay? So sometimes it can actually be an afflicting spirit uh, that is causing that pain or that injury for, uh, for someone. Um, it could be natural causes, um, but to, yeah, you could even ask, oh, have you had a doctor's diagnosis around this? Um, do, you know, do you have more information about it? Uh, did someone cause this condition to you? So then the question would be, um, have you asked for forgiveness for that, from that person? So it could be an injury that was caused by another individual. Um, oftentimes, unforgiveness can be a major hindrance to, to healing. Uh, so where there's unforgiveness, unforgiveness can make people sick. Uh, I know people that have, lots of people that have actually had unforgiveness, and that's actually then caused an ailment. It could even be like a, uh, an internal, like a digestion kind of ailment that they've, that they've had. When they've gone through uh, praying forgiveness over people, that is lifted. So sometimes, again, we say there's, there's the fruit of what the illness is, but there could be a, a deeper root, and we want to deal with the root. Amen? Um, so, yeah. So, again, uh, you want to ask the Holy Spirit as well. Well, Holy Spirit, is there any insight as to uh, what this might be coming from? And you can, again, use... So you might say, yeah, I've just got a, have always had a really bad back. In the time of prayer, you might feel like, oh, I see a prophetic picture of something or, or I feel like God has given me a word and, and that might be a key that that person hasn't connected. So they might say, no, I've just always had a bad back and they haven't known what that's actually connected to. So Holy Spirit might reveal the root for you. Amen? So part one interview gather some information around it okay and this is again is not to try and solve the problem you don't want to say oh yes I just uh, I tripped and fell and hurt my knee and you know say oh, okay well we're not going to pray for healing you just need some Panadol and and rest up uh it doesn't really matter what the cause is we're gonna well let's let's God can heal that right now 
uh, you may have, I mean, you may have whacked your hand with a hammer. It might be your own fault um, that you did it, but still God can heal it. Amen? He, he, even, he even covers our stupidity sometimes. Um, not sometimes, or often, <laughs> always. Yeah. So uh, the next step is then we want to decide what, how, how do we approach this in prayer? And there's two types of prayer that we can pray. The first is a prayer of petition. Uh, and the second is a prayer of command, okay? So again, a petition, an example of a petition prayer might be, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to heal the inflammation in this person's knee and take out the swelling and pain. So we are praying and, and we're praying to the Lord that he would act on behalf of this individual to take away the particular pain or ailment or whatever it is they're facing. So it's a prayer of petition. We're petitioning the Lord to, to do a miraculous work. The second is commanding. So in the name of Jesus, I command the inflammation in this person's knee to be healed and all swelling and pain to leave. So that's the difference is now we're commanding the healing and the breakthrough. Now, this, the difference between a petition and a prayer, sorry, and a command is, de, is determined by um, oftentimes what information we've been given. So if we're breaking a curse or a vow, if they know, yes, I know that it was connected to this uh, particular issue that I, was, that I was dealing with, I got involved in some dodgy spiritual things and this came out of it, okay, then we're going to break a curse and we're going to command that curse to be broken in that kind of way. Uh, if we're casting out an afflicting spirit, well, then we're going to command that spirit to leave. We, we don't petition the Lord about casting out you know, a demon because it doesn't belong there. We might inquire of the Lord as to how he wants us to deal with it. But if, if, the, if we know God's, there's an afflicting spirit, God, doesn't, God clearly doesn't want this person to be afflicted by a demonic spirit, so then we would command that thing to leave. Amen? Um, maybe you've used petition prayers, you've prayed about it, and there hasn't been progress, or the progress has stopped. So again, this is sometimes you might, if the individual has pain in the moment, sometimes people say, I've just always had a bad back, it comes and it goes. But you might be, I've got a bad back, and you might ask from 1 to 10, what's the pain level at? And I say, actually, today it's about an 8, okay? So then that becomes your marker of a sign of when the healing starts to happen. So you might pray, and then that, you ask them again, how's the pain level? And they go, it's actually just kind of dropped down to about a number 5. And so, okay, cool, we're seeing progress. We're going to keep praying. And we might pray again, but then you might pray some more, pray for a few more minutes, and that pain is staying at, Point number five is, okay, we might need to start moving from petition to actually start commanding this pain to go. So you've used uh, petition prayers and the progress has stopped. It might be that you're just led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, you just need to command this thing to go. So you go with that flow. Um, or sometimes you might have a word of knowledge. So we can actually also invite Holy Spirit to, to give you all words of knowledge as we're in a time of worship. So again, you could be all of a sudden, you feel the twinge in your side, you feel your knee start to ache, you feel something and you're like, I, I, I know I don't have any issues with my knee. That can actually be the Lord giving you a sensation of pain that is related to actually somebody else's ailment, okay? So we're going to do that and we're going to invite people who might have a word of knowledge to stand and to say what it is, and it might be nothing, or it might be someone in the room says, yeah, I've got a bad knee, Okay. The, the role of words of knowledge, this is knowing something about another person that you wouldn't know through any natural interactions. So they haven't told you about it. Um, they're not 
they don't have a cast on or something like that. You, the Holy Spirit just says, this is an issue and, uh, and, and presents it to you in that way. So again, when there's a word of knowledge that can help to build faith in the other person, it's like, oh wow, God's identified my ailment through this person. He's, he's told this person what's wrong with me and that can help to build their faith and their belief for healing. Um, but in that case, when God does that, then we know, okay, God's revealed it. He wants to deal with it today. Because again, you can pray for healing and it could be a week later or it could be over a period of time that the healing happens. We love the now, in the moment, miraculous transformation type healing, but it's not always the way that it goes, okay? So again, we would use a command healing when there's a word of knowledge attached to that. Cool? All right. It's practical. Practical. Um, step three... Um, is, is this is when we actually pray. So again, you'd say, you do an interview, then you decide, okay, how are we going to actually approach uh, this uh, healing prayer? So again, as you pray, audibly ask the Holy Spirit to be present with his guidance and his healing power. So we want to invite the Holy Spirit in. Now, this is also important when, if you're praying for someone who might not be a Christian. So I've, again, as, as I've said, I've seen more, I've seen Jesus do more miracles with non-Christians than I have with Christians. Uh, don't know why, um, but that's just, well, I have ideas, but you know, that's just the way it's happened for me. Um, but in that moment, I want them to know this isn't Brad Joss doing the healing. This is Jesus healing you. Uh, this, is, this is God's spirit that is doing the work. So we would audibly pray. We invite your Holy Spirit to be present. Holy Spirit, would you guide this prayer time? Lord, would you be present with your healing power? It's not my power. I haven't conjured it up. It's God's power that is present because his spirit is present. It's good um, sometimes to ask the other person not to pray. Sometimes people will pray the whole time that you're praying um, and it can cause them to be focused on what they're praying and not focused on listening into what is being prayed and agreeing with that, but also not being maybe attentive to what is happening even in their physical body. So close their eyes and focus on their body. So it's a, it's, this is their time to receive. Okay. Amen? This is a really, really important one. Ask the person or tell them to interrupt you if they feel something happening in their physical body. So they might feel tingling or heat. They might start to shake. They might, the, the pain might get worse or the pain might start to diminish. Uh, you're just wanting to, to know in that moment what is actually happening in their body. Um, so oftentimes people will feel change in their body. They'll, they'll feel something happening and going on. Um, this is also really important because sometimes if there is an afflicting spirit, the pain will move from one part of their body to a different part of their body. When that happens, if you, like someone's got a bad lower back, okay, and you're praying, and then all of a sudden the pain leaves there and they get really bad pain in their shoulder, okay, you might find this weird, but this is how it, these demonic spirits, it's like, it's like, oh, you've seen me, so I'm going to move to a different place. <laughs> but if they don't tell you, they might go, oh, yes, oh, my back feels better. My shoulder's killing me, but my back feels better. Yeah, I'm healed. Um, then there's kind of a sign that there's some spiritual stuff going on. So if the person is indicated in that interview time that there is um, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, uh, judgments, whatever it is, that's a good time then to, to invite them to pray through those things, just to repent for any sin that they may have engaged in. Um, so again, it could be something like, yeah, I was used to play with Ouija boards or I went and saw a, a clairvoyant, you know, at this time or I've, I've just done different things that I know. And again, they might not have something and you invite Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you, 
would you show them what these things might be? So then you'd lead them through a repentance prayer. So again, uh, part of these notes here is pray for the person's emotional healing before praying for their physical healing. Sometimes that can be uh, the part that we actually need to deal with uh, what is allowing that thing to be there. So a few more, uh, some prayer tips would be to keep your eyes open. You wanna see God at work, okay? Now this also is important because, and we'll cover um, deliverance, um, casting out of demons, uh, in, in weeks to come, uh, but this is an important thing. I remember there's a guy called uh, Will Hart, who's part of, he actually traveled with, with Randy Clark, and, um, but I remember asking him one time, because I was like, oh, why do you keep your eyes open when you pray? And it's because he's been punched in the face before uh, a number of times. Um, he was, we had a, this is early days of, of Paradox. Um, we had a meeting in, our, in the back room of our house with Will Hart, and there's maybe 15, 20 of us, um, and, uh, and he was praying, and we had a, a young guy that we'd, we'd been ministering to, uh, and we'd invited him along. As Will was sharing, this guy got up and kind of left the room and, and went out to the front of our house, and so we chatted with him. He's just like, I'm just in a rage, like, and we go, okay, there's something spiritually going on, so we invite him to come back in, just let Will pray for you, and uh, I remember him uh, he, he goes, so Will's standing either side, just, you know, laying hands on this guy, and Will's standing in front, and he goes and he, you know, puts his hand on him and starts praying. It's like, I just bless you. And then all of a sudden, he's like, whoa, and takes a few steps back, and because uh, the guy started manifesting, and, uh, and you know, snarling and all sorts of um, fun things. And so, uh, you know, we dealt with that. Um, but, uh, but he just, he was just like, oh, so he's just like, okay, I'm actually just going to bless you from afar, because I don't want to get, uh, get, get punched out. But uh, so that's a, there's also a, a good, safety aspect there, especially if it's someone that you know, you're, you're bumping into on the street. Um, you just want to be, be safe and aware, but you also want to see what is God doing in this person's body. I've prayed for someone before, and, uh, and they started um, kind of uh, like swirling like a snake. Again, that's a sign. Hmm, maybe there's something spiritual going on here. And uh, about two and a half hours later, uh, they, were, they were free. Um, so again, sometimes it takes time to pray and to cast demons out, but it's all good. It's so worth it. Um, again, when we pray, you don't need long-winded, fantastical prayers. Um, God's not impressed by the words that you use in your prayers um, or how long you pray um, or how Christian it sounds or how spiritual it sounds. It could just be simple, straightforward prayers. Lord, Lord Jesus, we just... We just command healing in, in this knee in Jesus' name and uh, just keep it really short and simple. Um, if God leads you to pray about particular things, that's great, but it doesn't need to be long-winded. And again, try different types of prayer. Petition the Lord, command things to go. Be loving and be persistent. Again, part of that interview process, you know, when we ask people about the pain levels, was we might go, we prayed, we prayed once for a couple of minutes, the pain went from a, a nine down to a four, like, okay, cool, that's in, bless you. It's like, well, no, God's moving, so let's pray again. Or you might find that the, the pain's at level nine, you pray once and nothing happens. You say, okay, are you okay if we pray again? And you might pray again for a few more minutes. So it's okay to be persistent in that and to continue to do that. It might be, oh, we prayed for you last week. Can we pray for you again this week? And can we pray for you again the next week? And again, it's up to the, the individual, whether they want to, they might say, actually, no, I don't want you to pray for me anymore. That's fine as well. We respect and honor that. Uh, but we want to be loving and be persistent. Follow any leading of the Holy Spirit. 
So again, trust that Holy Spirit will, will give insight either to the person, to you, if there's a couple of people praying. And again, I would say in, in wherever you can, have someone else with you when you're praying for someone, especially in, like if it's in this context and you're a male and they're a female or you're a female and they're a male, always just have a second person in there. It's always really beneficial. Um, I, I like to lay hands on people when I pray for them. Just, I just like to touch them in some way on the shoulder, usually, um, but always ask the person, hey, are you okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? And tell them where you're going to pray. If, they have, if the ailment is in a place that's appropriate to touch, okay, so extremities on limbs and all of those sorts of things, um, then you would, again, still ask them, is it okay uh, if, I, if I put my hand on your knee, okay? Understanding your level of comfortability in physical touch might not be their level, okay? So you want to acknowledge, and you might say, oh, lower back. Someone might feel like, oh, that's actually, no one touches me there. That, I wouldn't want you to touch me there, but you're just thinking, oh, it's a lower back. It's not a big deal, okay? But you always ask the question, is it okay? I've got pain. Is it okay if I put my hand on there? They might say yes. They might say no. Or if, you're, if I was praying for a, a, a female and then I had another female with me, I'd ask, is it okay for that person to put their hand? And then I might put my hand on that person's hand. It could be something in the stomach. Yeah, I've, got, I've just had long-term... Um, digestion issues, then I'll, I'll usually ask the, the, if it's, I'm praying for a female, can you put your hand on there? And then I put my hand on top of their hand. Still asking permission all the way through, okay? We don't just want to assume that everyone's comfortable with being touched. Or they might say, actually, no, I don't. I would, I would rather you not touch me. God can still work without touch. But there is something, you know, that the Bible lays out of, it's through the laying on of hands. There is a significant thing that happens in that. So obviously always pray in the name of Jesus, not because it's a magical word, um, but because we are declaring to the other person that is Jesus that is doing the healing and we're praying in alignment and agreement with Jesus. Another point, don't preach or give advice. So don't start theologizing things or telling them all these different things. Oh, you should go on keto. Um, you should, like it's good, you know, like it's, and that, you know, that could be another relational thing that you, that you do, um, you know, you tried no I won't go into other things um just you're not you're not their health practitioner you are just a vessel um being used by God to bring about divine miraculous healing amen all right some other prayer tips um if a if a specific prayer brings improvement keep using it immediately so keep going down that path keep pursuing uh, in that way uh pray for symptoms and cause if the cause is known so you might know there's a root issue, we're going to pray for that, but we're also going to pray for the relief of the symptoms as well, that the pain would go, but also that the root would be gone. Uh, as I said before, just periodically ask, hey, what's going on? So you might pray once, and then they've still got their eye closed, hey, are, are, you, are you sensing anything? Are you feeling anything in your body? Are you seeing anything? Is anything coming to mind? Oftentimes, I find that when I'm praying for someone, in any context, they might say, I've got this issue, it could be a family-related issue, and we'll pray, and I'm like, has anything come up? And sometimes I'll ask them, because I might get a picture or a word, and, then, and I'm like, you know, do they get anything? And they might say, I get this word. I'm like, I got the same word. Okay, we're on the right path, Holy Spirit. Or I might get a, feel like I, so a word comes to my mind, a picture comes to my mind, and I ask them, does this mean anything to you? Does this word mean anything to you? So again, God's giving you information to, to pass on, to confirm, okay, we're on the right path. Now remember, trust the Holy Spirit, not the method. If we, if, 
and this again, this is longer than Jesus' method. Jesus said, be healed, and they were healed. I mean, that's cool. Um, I would like that. Uh, that would be much easier. Um, but we are learning. We are growing. Jesus was God. Um, so he's, he's kind of got all, he's one-upped us in that way. Um, but, uh, but we want to know, like there is, is it's, uh, it's straightforward, but it's always the Holy Spirit. And there's not some particular method. It's, oh, so even as I'm sharing this information, this is just wisdom. This is not a methodology. Oh, I didn't interview. I should have asked about that. Sorry. Can we just go back to the start? Uh, as Brad said, I've got to do this and then do, no, no, no. Just go. Someone could come up and you might just feel, hey, have you got a pain in your knee? Yes. Can, can we pray for that? Bang. We just command that pain to go in Jesus' name. And they're like, bang, and it's, it's gone. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Bless you. See you next time. Um, again, thank God for whatever he does. You cannot thank God too much. Now, again, remember, just the motivation is love. The motivation is just revealing the heart of the Father as much as the reality of the Father, but just the heart of the Father that He desires to heal. He loves people and He wants to love on them. I've heard stories of people um, you know, coming away not healed, but feeling loved. I'm like, man, you've just encountered God. God is love. You know? I mean, I've heard stories of people being in wheelchairs, getting gold teeth. Again, signs and wonders and miraculous things and being so stoked. They're still in the wheelchair, but like God's touched them in such an amazing, crazy, miraculous way, and that was meaningful for them. So again, God does what he wants to do in those times. We want to keep the thankfulness up. All right, so step four, step four, option four, is to stop and re-interview. So again, keep listening to the Holy Spirit and stop to re-interview the person. If the pain moves around, as I said before, or increases during prayer, or if the condition has existed for a very long time, consider casting out an afflicting spirit. If you're not making progress, then consider interviewing the person more. So again, you might uh, say, do I have this here? Yeah, so you might ask, hey, maybe they've just said, yeah, I've got pain in my back, they can't remember anything. Can we just ask Holy Spirit again? Because it hasn't changed. Is, is there any significant event that this might be tied to? And the Holy Spirit might drop something and go, well, I mean... God's showing me this picture from when I was a child. I don't see how, how that relates. But maybe they haven't made the connection. You're like, well, I, think, I think maybe God's revealing that. Can we pray into that, into that moment that it could be a childhood trauma or something that happened? And again, it might not be that there was a physical injury, but there was a, a relational thing that happened that caused a response, and we can go through that way. Amen? Um, you could ask, you know, if any of their family members have ever had this condition. Uh, do you have a strong fear of anything? Has anyone ever pronounced a curse over you or your family? I say, yeah, one time this, you know, or well, we had family members who were maybe involved in, in some kind of occultic practices. So, okay, well, let's, let's pray into those things. Um, do you know of anyone who is very angry at you? So again, it could be a curse that has been spoken over you. Um, have you ever participated in any kind of satanic or other occult activity? This involves, you know, tarot cards, astrology, Ouija boards, all of that sort of stuff um, that people, oftentimes, again, as teenagers, if they're not, if they don't know Jesus and they don't know the danger of those things, people can participate uh, in that, not knowing the power of it, um, and that can have ongoing effects. Um, has anyone in your family been a member of the Freemasons? So again, oftentimes, people can have long-term, even generational, uh, physical ailments, um, as a result of the curse of Freemasonry. Um, now, again, if that's revealed, that's, that's probably something that actually requires a bit more ministry. 
You might find stuff that things come up that are traumatic and you actually might sense that the Holy Spirit's saying, you know what, this is coming out of maybe something that's gonna require a bit more investment of time than what we have in this moment. Again, you bump into someone on the street. You're not gonna lead them through a freedom from Freemasonry prayer um, unless you know it and are equipped. But it's, yeah, that's a lot of things that you wanna cover in that. So you may say, hey, I would really encourage you to, um, to maybe get some further prayer ministry around that. This could be a real deep heart issue. So we just don't want to kind of brush it over and then just hit it with that. You know, you can still pray for relief of ailment. You can still pray just a blessing over them. You can still go through some of those steps, but acknowledge and encourage them afterwards. Hey, I think it would be really good if we were and we can together go and seek some, um, some deeper ministry for this. Uh, again, it might be, have you had other accidents? They might be accident prone. And again, that can also be, there could be a spiritual or a heart-related route to, uh, to be an accident prone. So, when do we stop praying? It's also good to know. <laughs> Three hours, I'm still going to be healed in Jesus' name. Um, so stop praying when the person, A, is healed. It's a good sign. Um, or when they want to stop. So again, every time that you, you might pray for a bit, and then you'd stop and you'd re-interview, test it out. How's it feeling? How's your body? Has the pain moved? Is anything significant happened? Again, the person might not be able to. Oh, our champions program starts now. If you have twos and threes, you're all, two and three-year-olds, you're welcome to take them out. Um, but if you, uh, it could be something where they actually can't test it out in the moment. If it's like a digestive issue, then there's, I don't have pain. I just know at certain times that it would impact me. Um, so you might not actually have an opportunity to test it or to, to re-interview in that moment. Um, but when you pray, then you always ask, could we pray again? Are you okay if we pray again? They might go, actually, actually I've got to go, or actually, I think I've, I've had enough. Sometimes it can be emotional, it can be heavy, it can be draining to go through that process. Another time to stop praying is when the Holy Spirit tells you to stop. I just feel like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's saying that's enough in this time and, and we might, hey, we're going to continue to pray tomorrow or next week. Um, or if you are gaining no ground and you receive no other way to pray. So if you feel like, I feel like we've, we've asked Holy Spirit, we're just not finding, there's not movement, there's not change. We're just going to bless and we're going to pray and trust that the Lord will do that, continue that healing work. So again, there's, there's, there's no promise of immediate healing. So again, we might say, hey, we pray and it's the next day that the pain lifts or a week later that the pain shifts and moves or the healing comes, okay? Um, so just trust, we don't need to, it doesn't need to happen in the time. We wanna see it happen in the time, but it doesn't need to, okay? We're gonna have faith that God will continue that work. All right, so uh, some step five then is just some post-prayer suggestions for people. So encourage the person from scripture. Um, hey, we know that God's, God's desire for you, you might have a, a a scripture that God has given you to, to share with them. Um, you might share, again, some appropriate lifestyle changes for maintaining their healing and to prevent problem reoccurrence. Or this could be something of like, hey, I just, I'd really encourage you, that, that story that you shared from your childhood, that seems like really traumatic and I'd really encourage you to maybe get some prayer ministry around that and give you some contacts or you know, chat to this person about that because there might be more things that are impacting your life uh, from that. Uh, again, it's like, yeah, every time I base jump, uh, I, I break my leg and it's like, hey, have you considered finding a less extreme sport uh, to be involved in? <laughs> Obviously, then, and just pray a blessing. So you might, you might have prayed and, and they've been healed or you haven't seen movement, you've seen some movement and say, awesome, hey, I just want to pray a blessing of 
pray a prayer of blessing and protection over you. So you just pray, Father, just, we just pray your blessing over me, your continued healing, your continued freedom. Lord, we pray your protection over what you've done. Again, we don't want the thing to come back. If it's been dealt with at that moment, Lord, that you'd complete and finish that healing. Uh, or again, share any prophetic pictures or encouragement the Holy Spirit has shown you. And that, could be, that might even be unrelated to the actual prayer itself. Um, so if someone is not healed or is only partially healed, do not accuse the person of a lack of faith or a sin in his or her life as the cause. Okay? Don't do that. If, even if you think that, don't do that. Okay? Uh, it's just very damaging. I, I mean, I, I literally heard a story a couple of days ago of someone who's had many years of trauma um, because someone in spiritual authority had, had said a similar thing uh, to them. And it's, just, it's, it's devastating. And I don't think you have, I don't think anyone has the right to say that because I don't think anyone has that level of perfect insight from God that they could say that, okay? If faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, then I don't know what, how small your faith can be to, to heal a knee or to do something like that. You know, like it's God's, it's God's power. You can have, I know people who have zero faith. They don't know Jesus. They have no faith in God and God heals them. As many, many people that Jesus ministered to, they didn't, have, they didn't necessarily even have a faith. If there, were, there could be a Roman citizen, they're worshiping pagan gods. They're literally Satan worshipers and they're getting healed by Jesus. So if that person can get healed, Man, I don't know how faith can, can be that level of hindrance to it. I, I do think that faith is important. I do think that belief is important. Is it a determining factor on God's ability to work? Absolutely not. I, I don't think that my lack can put a limitation on God's abundance. Okay? My lack cannot put a limitation on God's abundance. Okay? So please don't say that. Uh, and finally, you can prepare the person to resist any further attack after the healing. So again, there could just be some advice around that. Yep, maybe throw your Ouija board in the bin. Um, you know, yeah, maybe maybe call up your local lodge and say, "Sorry, guys, I'm I can't come along anymore." Um, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, just give some tips and advice. Uh, so yeah, so cool. So essentially, it is interview, decide how you're going to pray, pray. Uh, stop and re-interview and then give any other prayer suggestions after that. Amen? All right. We do have questions. One question, a question. So when we command things to happen in the name of Jesus, would it be good to let the person know we're not commanding them and we're not angry with them and we're not commanding God? I've seen confusion come in at times when people don't understand the motive of commanding. Yes, that is a great point. Um, I've had times where people have gotten upset with me after a prayer, a deliverance prayer, because they thought I was yelling at them and telling them to leave. I was like, no, we were commanding this, the demon to leave. You were kind of out of it at the time, but that's all you heard is like, someone's like, I'm gonna let me off the floor. Um, but it is good to know, yes, we're, 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 we're commanding that thing. So we would say, we just command that pain to leave in Jesus' name. So again, we're not commanding God, we're under the authority of Jesus, and because we are under his authority, we have a right to act on his behalf to command the pain to leave. So Jesus has authority over pain, Jesus has authority over illness, Jesus has authority over injury, over the natural order, so we are then positioned with Christ, and we're saying, Jesus is saying, 
tell this thing to go, so we're telling it to go. In the same way that a police officer is under, is under a measure of authority, a police officer can tell you to do certain things at certain times, okay, because they have been given an authority to command you to do something or to not do something. Okay? If they don't have that authority and they tell you to do it, then you can say, actually, I'm not interested. Um, but because they are under authority, then they act in accordance with that authority. We are under authority. Now, do we have authority to do anything? No. In the same way that a police officer doesn't have authority to do whatever they like. But because we are under the authority of Jesus, we get to uh, command those things to go. So I do think it is, yes, certainly a good point. Can we just jump back to the question just to clarify? I haven't missed anything. Yep, we're not telling God what to do. We're telling the pain where to go. All right? Um, we're not commanding the person. We're not angry with them. So again, I would say in, if you're praying for healing, um, it's, there's probably no need to raise your voice or to get cross about anything. Um, and I'd say the same in deliverance. Um, you don't need to yell. You might see YouTube videos or hear from people in the way that they pray and they yell and scream and do all that sort of stuff. I have raised my voice when I've prayed for deliverance because I felt like the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to do that. Um, but it's not like you don't have to do that. You can be quiet and peaceful. Uh, oftentimes, even where, uh, if someone's in a prayer ministry session, so they're going through that, that session, God deals with a root issue. Oftentimes in those moments, because the root is dealt with, when you're talking about spiritual realities, um, so demons operate under authority as well. Okay. So they're under, under authority. And so that's why if you, to say you, you do some occultic activity, you're giving that demonic entity authority to uh, participate in your life in a bad way. Okay? So what we're doing then, because we're coming in Jesus' authority, Jesus' authority over that demon, we can command that demon to go. But the individual also needs to deal with, why did that demon, why was that demon there in the first place? It's because I gave it permission. If the police, if you call the police and say there's a there's a burglar in my house and, and they rock up and the burglar's like, no, I knocked on the door and they invited me in. Um, and you say, okay, well, it's hard for us to tell them to go when you keep inviting them back in again. Yeah, so that's kind of part of that authority structure. Um, but we're, we're under Jesus' authority and that's how we, that's what we operate in and, uh, and it's his power, his word, amen.